Hey, I'm Ray Hudson, and you are, I don't know who you are, but you're listening to Blaugranagram. Don't be like them kids in the Blair Witch Project, and go away, right? There we are. There we are. Apologies for the, uh, the little technical mishap there. It happened. Welcome back to the third season. This is the third season. This is episode one of the Driven Shot Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It feels good to be back, you know? Yep. A long time. Long, long time. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been uh, it's been a while. Um, also, the reason we had that little weird technical thing is because I was uh, replying to a tweet from someone that I hope tunes in. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for your support recently um, in the summer. You guys were great. Um, we saw a lot of support on social media, on our website, on everything. The Spanish podcast, Blogonogram and Johan. And uh, hopefully we'll see that support on here as well. So yeah, if you do enjoy what you're seeing, feel free to drop a like. Uh, every question you ask us uh, in the live chat, will be addressed so yeah feel free to submit those down below and we will answer and this is of course live on youtube twitter and facebook and uh once the episode is over you can tune in again on spotify apple Podcasts, amazon google Podcasts, all that good stuff and re-listen if you missed a part or if you tuned in very late so thank you so much for tuning in and yeah today we'll be touching on uh on a lot of stuff but first of all, Shoav, how are you doing, man? It's been a while since we've been live. Um, yeah, how's uh, how's everything on your end? How you've been? Um, yeah, good. Um, we have been here a, a, a long time, but I've been on the Blagarnagam uh, Johan, the Spanish podcast. I was actually thinking it's weird to be uh, the one that's not controlling everything and just talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm good, man. Thanks a lot. I'm happy to hear. And yeah, it, it does feel... It does feel it, and I will say it does feel weird to be back. Um, but I'm also excited. You know, I know a lot of people have complained about some of the signings and complained about some of the things that have happened uh, during this summer. But it is a rebuild, uh, and whether you agree with the methods or not, it is a lengthy process, and hopefully, we'll see uh, good things coming out of it. But yeah, so I mean, I guess the headline is that the game against Sevilla has been postponed. And the next game will be between Barca and Bayern. We'll have to wait and see if Ansu is ready, Coutinho is ready, if Luke De Jong is ready. Uh, you know, Luke De Jong had his medicals uh, yesterday. So he's also going to be one of the names that we might see in the team. But, Joav, I want to I wanna hear your opinion. What do you, how do you think the transfer window was for Barcelona? And everything can Um. Well... I mean, I, I think you have to look at like from different perspectives. If you look at it from an economical aspect, I think it's uh, Laporta masterclass. I think he really mm -hmm. took, um, I don't know if it's the most uh, disturbing uh, phase in the history of the club, because let's remember that the club did, does go back to the civil war in Spain. But I will say that it, it is one of the most, probably the most hectic phases of, the, of modern history for the club. I think he's been handling yeah. really well because um, the other day was actually uh, I was reading an analysis that said that if Laporta hadn't done the things that he's been doing in the, uh, during this summer, 
Barcelona could have easily become like Milan that were a powerhouse in, in the early 20s, I mean, in the early 2000s, and then just went basically bankrupt as well as Inter and is uh, just now beginning to pick up, but after, I don't know, almost a decade of of terrible management, uh, really, really bad of finances. So I think from an econ economical perspective, uh, Laporta has managed to take off the wage bill, quite a few big names that weren't really doing much for the club. Um, the mm -hmm. case of Antoine Griezmann, probably everybody expected a lot from him, but he, he didn't really deliver. And as Laporta said, nobody can really say anything about his attitude. He always had the best attitude and work ethic. But when it came to being on the pitch, he didn't really show what he was at uh, Atletico Madrid. He wasn't that big goal scorer and he wasn't even that big of an assist. So, well, yeah, from obviously I'm sad that Messi left. A huge, huge hit, I think, for everyone. But yeah. if that meant saving the club for another 50 years, I think it was something that had to be done. Yeah, yeah. You know, you do you do feel that in some way it seems like the time, the, you know, Messi had to leave eventually, whether it was now or last year or next year or two years. I think the, 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 the part that hurts for a lot of people is that the way it happened, that's, that was the unexpected part, right? Yeah, but at the same time, I think Laporta, I think, has handled it extremely well. I mean, obviously, you know, you can make whatever arguments you want for whether he should have taken the deals or not. But at the end of the day, he's doing what he thinks is best for the club. And he has shown that he's capable of handling and managing a club like Barcelona in the past. Um, and he has shown some promising signs this year as well, I think, especially... Since taking over, I mean, he's he's done some very good things for the club, and I think he's got, he definitely has a plan for what he wants. I think is really really important to have, especially taken over from um, the situation the club was in before that. Um, so, I mean, overall, I think I think Laporta is definitely 100% the right man to lead the club, and I think so far, yes, Barca have lost Messi, yes, Barca have lost Griezmann, but. He's been doing some good things as well, and I think those are being overlooked because Messi was going to leave at some point, whether he was going to retire or just leave the club. That was bound to happen eventually, um, you know. And and the fact that it happens now also on the plus side means that the club now can spend time to rebuild um, the post-Messi era with these youngsters coming through now, rather than maybe in three four years where there might not be as many talents coming through the ranks. Um, yeah, that's also that's also one of the things I think are worth uh, mentioning. Looking at the comment here from Ronnie, he is back and he is vibing. Uh, thank you for tuning in, bro. It's uh, it's been a while. Um, it's nice to see you again. It's nice to to see everyone again. I know we kind of just did this episode unannounced. Um, we're kind of I don't really know why. Like we did it. Because we figured, hey, let's try and kind of get into the groove of things again. Um, because we've been trying to do, we've been trying to record this episode for a few weeks now, actually. But we've just, every like, as soon as we say, okay, let's record it tomorrow, something comes up. Or that's for me, or for him, or for whatever. So it's just been, it's just been hard to kind of get that, um, get that planning going, because so much other stuff is going on. Um, but yeah, no, we're back now. We should be back uh, and doing this every single Tuesday at uh, 4 p.m. Central European time. Um, and next week we will have a guest who's a good friend of mine. So look forward to that. 
um that's going to be exciting it's going to be exciting to kind of get back into this and i remember in the last few episodes we had a lot of uh comments chat and all that and hopefully once we get into the swing of things again you guys will keep coming back and you'll voice your opinions and we'll have good discussions like we always do i always find it very informative whenever we have these episodes because people <laughs> come up come in with such like very good insight or a very interesting opinion that you might not hear um so yeah that's that's part of the, that's one of the things i love about this podcast and hopefully one of the things we'll see a lot of this um but joab so for barca right now um a lot of midfielders a good amount of defenders and a good amount of a good amount of attackers. Now, if we have to look forward to the game v Bayern, which is coming up uh, next week, who do you think should start? If we go from goal to attack, and I want to hear our viewers here as well, um, let us know who you think should be starting. Let us know who you who's who your starting eleven is, provided everyone is fit. I'd love to hear it. So yeah, John, um, go ahead. I don't know. First, I don't even know what uh, formation Coleman could actually use because. I know he's trying to go back to the 4-3-3, but let's be honest, it was most efficient when he played the 3-5-2, two. Two, right? 3-5-2. Um, so I would go with that because actually I do think that we saw the best version of Barca uh, in that formation under Ronald Koeman. So yeah. uh, saying everybody is fit, I think Marc Andete is still the best goalkeeper at Barcelona at, at the moment. Neto is obviously not at that point. And I don't know, I always think that somehow he gets really nervous in really easy plays, like they play it back to him and he has five seconds to decide what he wants to do, but he just, I don't know, he gets, I think, nervous or he isn't that confident at the moment and he just uh, tries to get away as, as quickly as possible. So I think it's Marc Andete, Stegen, and then Gerard Pique, I think, uh, really started off, uh, hit the hit the ground running uh, this season, at least during the first match. He played really well alongside uh, Eddie Garcia. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, I also really liked Mingueza and Araujo last season, but I think Araujo is a bit uh, is a bit slow, right? Uh, this In the past few games, he's, I don't know, I think he's like a step slow right now or not really mm -hmm. fit. So I think I would go with Eddie Garcia. Pique and Mingueza, because Mingueza is also really, really good. He's really aggressive. And I think he's yeah. like sneaky fast because I don't think a lot of attackers really expect him to beat him in the 1v1 or just be there all, all the time when they go running. So I think Mingueza is another uh, good player. And then yeah. the midfield, uh, Busi, um, Frenkie, and Pedri. Pedri, that actually I saw a video that Rokoman told him, what a nice tan, Pedri. <laughs> And he, he looks like 10 years uh, younger than uh, the pictures that we saw in the Olympics of Pedri. Yeah. So, <laughs> so hopefully he's uh, he's in good form and he's rested. Um, I, I think Jordi Alba on the left side because Alba is really, really good. I think he, he's a better player when he, has, when he doesn't have to be that defensive or has those pressing defensive duties. And he goes more into stride going forward. Um, on the right side, I'm not sure. I mean... I saw that Dest got injured, but I'm not quite sure yeah. how uh, how long he'll be out. So, um, yeah, he did get injured for the national team. Um, obviously, hopefully, it won't be long term injury. But yeah, so if Dest does, if Dest is not able to play against Bayern, that means you probably have 
in Getha sliding out to the right. Yeah, or or Demir, if you really trust uh, the young player. But I don't know. I think I think it, it is a big stage for a player that. Or has... Sergio Roberto. Uh, no, he's out. Is, is he still out injured? I think till that time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he is. He's still, yeah, he. I think he'll still be injured then. Yeah. As well as Braithwaite, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so let's say that Miguel's also on the right and just play um, just play Araujo then on, on the defense because. I mean, you're you're not gonna play with Titi <laughs> in such no. an important match, and well, Especially then top... considering the fact that he's barely been playing, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. And then on the attack, um, I don't know. I don't think really Ansu is gonna be fit for that uh, moment yet because I think they're they're saying that uh, his main objective is against uh, Getafe, right, or Granada. I think it might be. I'm not too sure actually. But, well, yeah, um, I don't think he'll be fit. Or if he is fit, I won't really risk him to play the 90 minutes. Um, he's coming off a yeah. one-year injury. So, um, I well, obviously, Memphis Depay is, like, your man at the attack. And then, I don't know, um, Luke de Jong. You're so used to saying Griezmann, but Griezmann is that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, Luke de Jong, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. So, let's say if Brathwaite doesn't play for whatever reason, You'd probably, I think, what we'd see then would be, yeah, probably like Memphis and Memphis and, and Yusuf, probably. Um, what about uh, Limele? I'm not quite sure how long his injury was he stated that was yeah. that it was going to last, but I'm not sure if when he'll be back. Yeah, that's the thing. That's also like one of the one of the issues. Well, the thing is as well. In the 3-5-2, if Kuman really wanted to, you could probably play Pedri out on the wing, because Pedri can play as a winger, and then put Coutinho as the number 10 in behind Memphis, some other attacker, whether that's Ansu or Dembele, if he's fit. That could be interesting. Um, and yeah, we're getting some interesting comments in the replies in the uh, in the chat as well. Alba Gerardo Muschietti, no, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Roberto, yes, yeah, Sergio Roberto is also out. Um, and then walk with the lion. Uh, thank you so much for your support, by the way. I really appreciate your kind words all the time. Um, much appreciated. Says Emerson would have been convenient on defensive duties if he had not sold. Fully agree yeah. with that. I think for games like this, Emerson would have been very, very good to have. Um, even Firpo. I know a lot of people don't like Firpo uh, or didn't like Firpo. I think he would have been good as a third center back um, for situations. But again, I'm confident that the players, the squad Barca have, if everyone is fit, I think this is definitely a squad that can compete at a very high level, especially once they learn to click, once Kuman finds the right formation, especially for all the newcomers, and how to fill the gaps of Griezmann, who, yes, I know he didn't completely fit into Barca's system, but he still is a player that, and, and, and that role was given to him. So you want to find out who's going to take that role, and that's also some work for all Kuman and his staff. So, personally, like, even if Barca crash out early in the Champions League this season, I still see it as a rebuild phase. And I, for me, this is a lengthy process. This is going to take time. You know, you're rebuilding a team. It's post-Messi, first of all. Um, you lost a World Cup winner and post-COVID. And you lost a World Cup winner in Griezmann. Umtiti has not been informed for a long time since that knee injury since the World Cup. Um, you know, just a lot of things going on. and. At some point, 
I I feel like we are going to see that, you know, it's definitely going to click at some point for sure. Um, but I, I just, at this point, I feel like Barca have a lot of really good talents, whether that's on the bench with Benfouj, Alex Collado, uh, if, uh, he, if he gets registered in time. Um, and, you know, Nico and Gavi and all these youngsters coming through. Yeah, uh, like, this is a very promising team. And obviously, if Barca don't make it far in the Champions League or don't win La Liga, for me, if, if the team is progressing as a team, right? Maybe not getting the trophies, but if they're progressing as a team, that's enough for me because you're not going to replace, you're not going to build a team that replaces Messi with no big money signing after Messi's departure in the same season, right? Because Messi left and Barca didn't get anyone after he left, really. Um, so it's sort of like, you know, also just manage your expectations. Because, yeah, of course, everyone wants to see... I know every single Barca fan out there wants to see Barca back at the absolute top level. And that will happen. But, I mean, I'm hopeful that we're going to see something really good this season. And I would be very happy if Barca actually managed to win La Liga this season or managed to get really far in the Champions League or win the Champions League. But even if they don't, as long as the team is progressing under Ronald Koeman, as long as we're seeing improvements happen, I think that's enough for me. And I think for, for a lot of... Barcelona fans or Barcelona watchers, um, if they've managed their expectations and are being realistic about it, I think that's also, you know, that should suffice. But I, I want to hear what you have to say, Joao. What, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I, a few examples popped into my mind, as you said. Um, I know people really don't like Real Madrid, but after Cristiano Ronaldo left, you could actually see how much they struggled to get into those top positions. They're sort of clicking now after, what, three seasons. So they're getting back at that position. Same happened with Chelsea once uh, Eden Hazard was sold. Um, Pulisic was brought on. But he's, until like last season, beginning to take a more protagonistic role. So, yeah, I mean, it's a process. I know we've been, um, we've been coddled and we believe that Barca have to win everything. But uh, you have to remember that Messi was part of the institution for more than 10 years. And he was leading... Um, the squad for more than a decade. So you, you won't be able to replace that with just one season. It's a whole different process. And as you said, uh, well, luckily right now for Barcelona, a lot of young promises are coming through the ranks. I just saw the walking line said Alejandro Valde. Alejandro Valde is a perfect example. Uh, Jordi Alba yeah. won't be the same uh, Jordi Alba in two years, but he's an exciting uh, prospect to have on the bench and have him actually in this kind of, um, in this kind of matches. So I think it's really exciting for Barcelona. It's an exciting time looking towards the future because um, I think Barcelona have a lot of uh, possibilities now open to them. And I just, I hope, as you said, that even if we don't win, at least that the, the club, well, the, the games that are played are played well. And you can see actually some kind of progression. Yeah, and I mean, even last season, I know that was with Messi. Even last season, I think we saw some promising signs. I mean, listen. The involvement of Pedri, the way it happened, I don't care how anti Ronald Koeman some people are. That's, I mean, credit. Got to give credit. Credit credit where credit is due. That was the way he incorporated Pedri. Some would say, yeah, it's a bit extreme. You know, he's playing plus 70, 70 plus games a season. 
But if Pedri feels that he can do that and he keeps playing at a high level, yes, he's only 18. Yes, it's unprecedented. But if he feels like he can do it, then let him do it. And then obviously let him rest like what <laughs> happened um, what happened uh, last league game and then into going into the national break, obviously telling him to not play um, is the right decision to, to make. And I think now having a player his age that well incorporated to the team and that well incorporated to the national team, I think a lot of that credit obviously goes to the player himself for being as good as he is, but also for Toronto Koeman for believing in him and giving him the chances and giving him the freedom necessary to be able to play with Messi and still be a standout player. Um, you know, same thing can be said for Imingueta and Araujo. Uh, PK, as much as, as people like to to have a go at him every time he posts a, a selfie on Instagram, um, <laughs> for me, I think has been really good. I mean, yes, he's not the PK he used to be, you know, a couple of years back, half a decade ago, whatever. But he's still a very, very solid defender, and he's still a defender with experience. And I'm not saying start him and let him play every, you know, for full 90 minutes every game, but he's a good card to have, and he's a good player for Eric Garcia to learn off of, for Mingueta and Araujo to learn off of, and he's also physically strong. And I remember one thing that's really stood out to me when it comes to uh, to PK is that whenever Barca face, uh, faces uh, Athletic Club, especially last time and the time before that, um, a lot of people would say, oh, no, Iñaki Williams is fast. He's one of the fastest players in La Liga. Barca need to make sure that he doesn't, you know, get towards their, get into their box and they're playing PK. But then PK has time and time again proven he's capable of handling Iñaki Williams despite the huge gap in their top speed because PK has that experience and he knows what he's doing. And if you don't burn him out at the age of, 30-something, you can still get a lot out of him as a player. And he's still a very good and positive guy to have in the dressing room. Same thing, I mean, not level or ability-wise, but in terms of the dressing room influence, same thing could be said for Dani Alves when he was in Barcelona. His influence in the dressing room and his influence off the pitch was really good. It kept the team in high spirits. PK has, has put his best foot forward. And it's shown that he really does care about this club, taking the pay cut to help facilitate Memphis's registration, so on and so forth. Been very open. Laporta is happy with him. Everyone is happy with him. And as long as he's not playing 90 minutes every single game with better with better options on the bench, I don't see a problem at all. And he's even gone out and said that he doesn't know for how long he'll be playing, and he he will know when his time is up. But I think having players like PK, players like Busquets, as long as they're not being overplayed, as much as people like to say, oh, they're finished, oh, they're past their time, they, all this, they are very, very good players to have in your team because of the experience they have, because they understand and they know what Barcelona is all about. That's Those are the kind of players you want the other youngsters and the, the newcomers to learn from and to, to gain experience from, right? So... That's why I'm saying I think this team, yes, it's post-Messi and we Barcelona lost Antoine Griezmann, but this is a very promising team. There are a lot of pieces of this team that if Ronald Koeman and his staff get the right things going, if Laporta gets the deals he wants done in the winter, in the summer, whenever that may be, this is a very, very promising outlook for the team, even if Barca, for whatever reason, don't win a trophy this year. As long as we're seeing progression, I'd Personally, I'll be happy with it. 
Yeah, I mean, as I said, interesting times ahead. Um, rebuild mode. Uh, let's see what actually happens during this season and next summer, uh, how the club is standing economically wise and in finances. But yeah, I mean, let's just hope for the best and also um, don't be surprised if Barca actually don't win anything this season because as you just said, it's a rebuild season post Messi with still COVID. And even the best of the clubs are having a hard time. Not It's not just a thing for Barcelona. It's for basically everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is. It's not easy to go through what Barca are going through now. I think people tend to forget that. People tend to forget that footballers are human beings. You know, with all the abuse going on online, uh, especially in England, uh, it's it's ridiculous. And I think people tend to forget that these are actually human beings. They're not just robots. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing with like you know when you when I see players getting slandered on social media, whether that's Barcelona's players or Real Madrid's players or whoever that is. It, it hurts to see because at the end of the day, people are doing this because they think they're anonymous. So they're hiding behind that mask. And that's just spreading negative energy for no reason. What are you going to gain out of it? You know? yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the message I'll leave you guys with uh, for this episode is just spread positive energy. Barca are have very exciting times ahead. Yes, things may look a bit bleak for some right now, but... Barca have very exciting times ahead, but really they have good squad depth in the roster, um, and we'll obviously see what Juan, La, what Juan Laporta and his uh, delegation uh, what they're cooking um, for. You know the, the the upcoming transfer windows, what Ronald Koeman has up his sleeve, how he's going to make use of all these players, um, and especially Coutinho coming back in, Ansu hopefully, and Dembele coming back in. It's a really exciting team, and if if Koeman can make this click, I have no doubt we can have some really really fun times as Barcelona watchers and Barcelona fans this season, next season, season. Let's hope um, so. Let's hope so. Um, uh, walk with the line saying PK will be a great Barca president for the future. Absolutely. No Absolutely. doubt. <laughs> um, and also just a fun one to end on. Uh, saying uh, it'll be exciting if, if we as in Barca can acquire Danny Almo, great addition to midfield and attack. I like Almo for a while, personally. Um, and I would not mind seeing him here. Although I, I mean, yes, the market is inflated, but it's a lot of money. To, like, let's say it's seventy or eighty mil. That's a lot of money. Um, so I mean, if you know, if, if they could negotiate that down, I personally think it's a good deal. I just think eighty million or let's no. say ninety or seventy or a hundred is just a lot for a player that's not that proven, right? Um. That's the only issue I have with it, but I would love to see Almo in Barcelona. Yeah, and I, I think I think that'd be that'd be brilliant. Um, so yeah, that is about it for this time. Joav, um, nice to to be back doing this. Do you have any final words to our lovely audience? Um, just believe in the club. If you don't really, um, if you don't really believe in the now after Messi, maybe this wasn't the club for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been hard times, but I mean, I do think the club and the team will, uh, rise above it, above it. So yeah, let's hope for the best this season. And as you said, remember that, uh, football players are, are people. They aren't just robots for your entertainment. 
So yeah, also take that into consideration and well, peace and love. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for supporting us, whether that's on the Blog Gram Podcast Network, the Blog Gram website, social media, or on here, or on our podcast, Spanish, which is Blog Gram and NL Johan. Um, and yeah, we're again, we'll be here every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Uh, Central European time. Uh, and we will have a guest next week. So do tune in for that. If you just tuned in, and you've missed a portion of this podcast, don't worry. This will be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, it will be on there very soon. So yeah, make sure to show us some love on there. Follow it or give us a rating or, you know, whatever you think uh, would help show us support. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you're staying sane, safe, and well. And we will see you guys next time. Roll the outro. My name is Phil Shane. And you've been listening to The Driven Shot, hosted by Omar Hawash and the Blaugranogram News Outlet. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you have a wonderful day, and hopefully we'll see you again soon.